a page that returns zero results or a search that returns zero items does not often trigger a 404. It doesn't trigger a response code that would make a normal crawl uh, worry. So it just return a 200 error. But with custom extraction, you can find out just how many products have been returned. And if, of course, the answer is zero, but you have a lot of traffic for that search term, you can then look at how you can improve the experience, improve the conversions, and so on and so forth. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast, the podcast where we tell you everything that you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. This is the episode number 22. My name is Peter and I'll be your host for the day. Today we'll talk about SEO and how to make, how to use SEO tools for uh, conversion rate optimization and user experience. And for that, we have a wonderful guest from the United Kingdom, Luke Carthy. Luke, hello. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Really good. I'm just, you know, this is the first podcast episode where I have a newborn son. So I'm recording hidden in the bedroom, hoping that I don't wake up the son, uh, the son, my son. Uh, so oh, we'll wow. see how that's going to work. Maybe my uh, yeah. girlfriend is going to run and come and uh, tell me that um, the son is screaming uh, and we have to do stuff. I don't know. We'll see how that works. No problem. No problem. Well, congratulations all the same. Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful thing to have. Um, Luke, I've invited you because you were a speaker at MossCon 2019. How was the conference? How did you like it there? What other things next to listening to great presentations did you do there? Yeah, sure. So um, MossCon has is, is been a first for me, for sure. Um, been an incredible conference, really, really good conference. Uh, we have something similar here on a much a smaller scale called Search Love, and there's one out in the US and San Diego as well. Um, but it was, it's, I much prefer the single track uh, layouts, right? So one big focus stage, um, half an hour, 40 minute slots to kind of really go into a topic for speakers. But as an attendee and as a speaker, it's been an incredible time. The um, people behind the scenes, the other speakers, it's been, been really, really enjoyable. Um, and if you're the kind of person where, you are struggling for time, um, or maybe there's a, a costing involved in terms of how many conferences you can attend a year, then then Mars would definitely be um, in the top two for sure. So it's one of the conferences that I highly recommend people get out and check out. But um, as an attendee and as a speaker, I have learned so much. I think you go into these things, I've attended loads of different conferences, and you always kind of assume there'll be a lot of overlap. But um, and sometimes there is, but there's also new angles, new ways of thinking that, that, that work really, really well. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the invitation to speak out there was was absolutely mind-blowing, and I did not expect it. So I had to grab it with both hands, but I had a, a thoroughly enjoyable time. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, Moscone is probably one of the conferences that is also still on the to-do list for me, but it is a bit far to go there. It is a distance. It is a distance. But if you can make, um, if you can make the time, if you can sort of take a week off of work, 
um, it's definitely worthwhile while doing that for the networking, for the talks. And I guess even if you can't make it, um, the videos will be released, I believe, in September. So if you can get yourself a, uh, I don't, I'm not so sure exactly how it works in terms of whether you need a separate subscription or whatever, but if you physically can't make it out, um, which is understandable, it's, it is a distance, then um, I'd either recommend checking out the online videos or if you're closer to the UK, then um, absolutely invest in a ticket for Search Love here in mm. the UK if that's closer for people in mm. Europe and so on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's normally a really good spot. Look, you've been yourself uh, in SEO for a very long time. You're right now digi uh, the digital lead at MyFlex. MyFlex is a company doing converged IP solutions. I have no idea what that is. Could you briefly explain that? <laughs> yeah, nor do I. Um, yeah, so MyFlex is a company that basically specializes in commute, uh, sorry, computer networking infrastructure. So ultimately providing all the hardware, cabling and fiber for data centers, for um, big conference centers like where Moscom was hosted and, and so on. So we basically put the internet, if you like, in a networking facility along with security products like cameras and recording facilities and intelligent access control, all that sort of cool stuff, into buildings. Um, so it's a particularly niche B2B environment, but as a, as a role, and as a career in digital marketing in Mayflex, um, I thoroughly enjoy it. So I don't know a fat lot about the products. I'm no product specialist um, in the areas of the products we sell. But as far as SEO is concerned and as far as a, um, you know, UX and, and, and providing a platform that customers thrive on, then that's kind of where my skill set absolutely lies. And that's what I love to do. Mm. You're a niche, niche B2B company. Why do you need SEO? Well, that is a good question. So there is a number of direct competitors we have. Um, yes, we are B2B. Yes, we're pretty niche. Yes, we work on multi-million pound projects. But SEO is still pretty important um, because we need to make sure we're visible uh, at all points in the purchase funnel. So at the consideration stage where, you know, tenders are going through, where um, architectural drawings have been, have been summoned and, and so on, um, we need to be a consideration right at that particular point. So when people are looking for content on this versus this or this technology is better than that, um, equally, just distributors of certain brands, um, that's where we get our foot in the door. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess it all helps with brand positioning as well. So as you can imagine, in a B2B environment, the more authoritative you are in that space, then the more the better perception you have to potential clients. Um, but, you know, kind of what I do is very much more than just uh, SEO as far as exposure. It's very much a case of, of CRO, um, internal search optimization. I guess to summarize it nicely, I work hard to provide a consumer-like experience in a business-to-business -business environment. Um, and sometimes that is the perfect middle ground between a business to business offering and been you know offering a really good service online all right yeah and this is also why i was very intrigued by your presentation that is called killer e once again that is called killer e-commerce conversion rate optimization and ux wins using an seo crawler so using seo tools to do other stuff i'll just let you do yeah, a yeah. summation of your presentation in the five minutes and we'll talk later here you go sure wow on the spot okay so what did i talk about um i basically uh, talked about what happens beyond the 404s the 301s the technical 
you know, issues in terms of canonicalization that you would normally use a web crawler for, like Scribbing Frog, for example. And I spoke about custom extraction and how you can leverage real-world benefit um, outside of just typical SEO. So, for example, one of the issues I spoke about was how you optimize internal search. And with most web search engines, a page that returns zero results or a search that returns zero items does not often trigger a 404. It doesn't trigger a response code that would make a normal crawl uh, worry. So it would just return a 200 error. But with custom extraction, you can find out just how many products have been returned. And if, of course, the answer is zero, but you have a lot of traffic for that search term, you can then look at how you can improve the experience, improve the conversions, and so on and so forth. Um, another really good example is been in a situation where you can crawl the entire site. You can extract all of the product descriptions and all of the product information and identify, first of all, in the spreadsheet, whether it's valid, whether it's correct, whether there's a description or not. Um, and also start to build patterns and intelligence between what products sell the best and what state their descriptions are in. So then you can have an idea and a priority of which items need the most attention. So an item with a good description that sells well, an item with a poor description that sells poorly, you can then start to understand which items you can prioritize with custom extraction that need attention so you can sell more of these online. Um, but I also spoke about how you can use this in a competitive nature. So there's no reason why you can't fire up the same crawling tool and custom extraction on a competitor site and find out you know, if, if you have a direct competitor or even an aspirational competitor, what price are they selling these items at? Are they in stock? Do they have an image? How many reviews do they have? And if they do have reviews, then what's their aggregate score? So then you can start to understand on a competitive basis how you stack up and whether the pricing is, is aligned and whether you need to adjust your pricing. Equally, it can even help you to find opportunities that you may not have realized. So if a competitor doesn't have an item in stock that you do, is that then an opportunity for you to increase your price? or um, make a bigger deal of the fact that you have it in stock. So, you know, cliche things I'm thinking now is Black Friday deals, Christmas, new consoles, that sort of thing. If you have a number of key competitors that have sold out, then there's an opportunity there for you to really step up um, and have some really cool key CRO opportunities. So there's loads of ways. Um, I also kind of uh, broke down the barriers in terms of this is not just for e-commerce. So this can work for a multitude of different sites. I spoke with a load of different people when I stepped off the stage um, that worked in real estate, that worked in property, they worked in um, in sales, in a catalog, you know, there's all sorts, even static sites. And one gentleman had a business where he has, I think, three or four apartments that he lets out. And he was like, well, what can I do? You know, I'm only got a 10, 12 page CMS website. And then I says, well, why don't you crawl Airbnb? Why don't you identify what it is that makes a property stand out? It, what's in their description? What ratings do they have? What price per night are they looking at? And you can do that across thousands of different properties on the Airbnb site. Therefore, you have some really competitive intelligence. And that's the power of how you can use an SEO tool for insights. And those insights can then drive your conversion rate and your customer experience. I think that summarizes it. 
in about three or four minutes. <laughs> All right, excellent. Um, while I was preparing for this recording, I went through your presentation and I saw that you have a slide in there and we'll add the the presentation into show notes. Um, did you have a slide in there comparing different tools, uh, different scrape, uh, not scrapers, uh, are those scrapers? Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you speak briefly about those? Which one do you like most? Are there special features that one of these have that the others don't have? Yeah, so I'm going to sound like I'm really on the fence here, um, but there's no one specific uh, spider tool if you like or seo tool whatever you want to call it that i prefer i mean screaming frog has always been my baseline i've had the most experience with it i think it was the first seo tool i picked up um because of course it was free for up to 500 urls but you know the downside to screaming frog is of course when you get to a you're limited by the hardware you have and then although it's got better each time you know that's still a potential issue with large sites um deep crawl is one that i love in terms of handing off that responsibility of hardware to somebody else plus there's a lot more data connectors um, which means you can get more rich insights um, more rich uh, intelligence into which products sell the best which products sell the worst log files all sorts of cool stuff um, but I really like a newcomer or at least it's new to me it may have been around for a while and that is Sitebulb I really like um, Sitebulb's UX and UA or UI should I say user interface um, because it's almost like this brilliant hybrid between Screaming Frog and Deep Crawl, although it's still a desktop crawler. But one thing they don't have right at this moment, which I know they're working very hard on, is the custom extraction uh, facility, which allows you to do the things that I'm talking about. So I would always say my go-to is Screaming Frog, but you often get to a point where you're crawling you know, websites with a lot of faceted search, with a lot of big buckets, you know, sort of maybe 50 to 100,000 URLs or greater, you are going to struggle. Um, and we've all been there. I've certainly been there. When you're doing a crawl, you forget to be running all day and then you shut down your computer and you realize, yeah. just lost all my work, right? So at least with deep crawl, you can start it, you can leave it, but it comes at a price. So I think different people and different circumstances, depending on what you're doing, requires a different tool. I would say, to be honest, as an SEO, um, especially if you work on the agency side, you can have two, maybe three, maybe even all the crawlers, at least try them um, and see which ones are right for you. But all of them have really good key benefits. It just comes down to personal preference and what it is you're using the tool for. Hmm. I sort of feel the same way. Screaming Frog was the yeah. first tool yeah. that I bought when I went off the agency site and uh, freelance as SEO. I, yeah. The first thing that I did was buying Screaming Frog because it can give you so many different information. Uh, and I'll, I've, I haven't heard about the site, Bob, and I'm already downloading it. Um, so I really want to check that out. <laughs> um, yeah, site bulbs are a really cool one. Um, and it's, it's incredible to, to realize that there's only a handful of people that built that software. I think they were all in the room at the same time. And I was absolutely blown away by how such a lean team have managed to create such a fantastic tool. But uh, yeah, Sightball were definitely the guys to watch for mm -hmm. sure. Um, you've mentioned that you are using the custom extractions to find products that have poor descriptions. Yes. Could you briefly speak about how exactly you would go around doing that? Yeah, sure. So um, the way I normally do it, there's a couple of ways. One is via XPath, um, which 
in the presentation slides, there's a couple of links or a handful of links where you can find out more about how XPath works, for specific examples. But ultimately, what XPath allows you to do is target a very specific uh, part of a template or a page. And of course, as we know, websites work off templates. So one template could be used in thousands of times, especially on like a product page. So if you're targeting the product description via XPath, um, when you crawl every page with that same template, you can pull the content within there. So in this case, it would be the description. And then the first kind of uh, action you will take is to identify all of the products you have that don't have a description at all. They're the kind of low hanging fruit, right? Um, but then to really kind of get an idea and add some context and to prioritize is add in your traffic data. So it might be the last three months, six months, whatever your business model um, works best with. And that way you have a clarification between conversion rate, traffic, and whether that item has a description or not. Now, of course, if you've got high traffic, low converting, no product description items, they're definitely the ones you go to first. Then I guess you could run through um, a number of things, look at typos, look at misinformation, um, look at whether there's bullet points there or not, look at whether there's a certain character count and start to identify that sweet spot. There may not be one, but I have been in a situation where I have found that sweet spot um, between a certain type of product description and performance of that item. Of course, it's not always that straightforward because of course, demand, supply, stock, price, blah, 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 and so on come into place. Not just a description here, but it gives you a, an idea and it gives you something to go off where description or lack of description, how does that impact SEO? How does that impact saleability? How does it impact conversion? Um, equally, how many items don't have a description and how much work have you got to do or the respective department, product department have to do. So it's a really good way of just identifying the benchmark and positioning of where you are on product data. Um, especially if you're in an environment like where we are at Mayflex, where we have a lot of what we sell online is our own brand. So there's no, you know, it's not as if there's another manufacturer we can, we can, we can lean off and get content from. If there is no description, then there's a good chance customers won't know what it is or what problem it solves. Mm -hmm. All right. I think um, we gave excellent ideas of how to go and use the tool in a new way. Um, I've myself have, have uh, basically used um, Screaming Frog uh, also to check if they have like Google Analytics tags and stuff like that. But yeah. once you have start understanding um that you can use the tool in such a way uh i think that that opens a lot of minds and there are of course excellent examples in your presentation yeah yeah thank um, you luke um before we close this off where can people find you do you have any uh, conference presentations set up for the fall uh where can people find you on the inter internet if they're interested in contacting you Sure, sure. So um, the list at the moment, at least at the top of my mind, that confirmed is pretty slim. I'm speaking at Search Love in October here in the UK. Um, and as you know, conference season in the UK, at least, blooms in the sort of spring. So we'll see what, what next year springs. But I'll be uh, attending Brighton SEO next year. Um, and actually, sorry, this year as well, this uh, this September. So 
Um, you can see me there, although I won't be speaking. I'll be hanging around if anyone wants to catch up. I'm always on Twitter, um, obsessively so, to be honest. So at Mr. Luke Carthy. Uh, LinkedIn, I'll have a website, lukecarthy.com. So wherever you need me, to be honest, um, I'm hanging around. But um, if you want to, yeah, I'm definitely speaking at, at, at Search Love this October. And uh, we'll see what happens next year. All right. Excellent. Luke, thank you very much for being the guest on the podcast. This was excellent. No Have a great day and I'll see you around. All right. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Peter. Take care.